This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Tom Bernard Show. Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Show. You can find us at TomBernardPodcast.com with Mike Molina, Andy Brant Bernard, L.A. Nick, and Doug Sprinthal. And Rocco Mediate will join us right after this Tom Bernard Show. What do you got? Whoa, Jesus. We're expecting the bass to be so loud. We only got one channel. Yeah, that's what's happening. There's no wah-wah guitar. I thought we just replaced all this equipment. No, we didn't replace any of this equipment. But that's not the equipment, it's the cord crap job we did uh, while I did patching all this together. All right, we'll have... Because Mike has to use his phone to find the music, and, you know... Getting an iPhone into a board isn't exactly the most professional setup in the man. world, but it's we're probably gonna we're gonna get him a laptop anyway, right? So yes, there you go. Ooh. Do you know how to type? Yeah, yeah I've <laughs> seen it. I've seen it done. I've seen it. Fingers seen on it the done. home row, which what? I never ever do. Do what? Fingers on the home row. That's what you're supposed to rest your fingers on ASDF and HJKL, but I don't. I don't understand oh, that yeah, at all. Oh, yeah, it's Japanese. I have no idea. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. That's how they teach you how to type. It's a foreign yeah. language, man. Uh, you're I on type, the middle I, row. I, I type like this. <laughs> One finger, and I type. I've literally been typing since I was four, so it's kind yeah. of natural at this point. I'm horrific. Yeah, me too. Horrific. <laughs> me too. I'm bound to, I, I see, I, I get two fingers going now. Wow. Two fingers. That's, that's how I type on a phone. Yeah. I can't type on, but I don't think anyone can really type on phones. God, they're no, just it's way not, too small. Yeah, they're just not good for typing. Rocco's on the phone. How you doing, Rocco? I'm good. You're talking about typing? Yes. Okay, 11th grade, I could type 60 words a minute. 60? On a typewriter, baby. Is, is that a lot? Yeah. On a typewriter? Well, yes. On a typewriter, that looks pretty good. And how, many can you do to, <laughs> how many can you do today? I, 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 I don't know. Six? Probably, probably one. <laughs> Did you take a tutorial um, from your lovely wife on how to use a phone? Hey, listen, pal. You sound much you're better I, today. You're lucky I, well, I came downstairs, which is certainly worse um, reception because I'm downstairs. I was up, I'm on floor two by the window yesterday. And it, don't blame me for the phone problems in the world. Okay? Oh, I believe. Now, let me, let, let me tell you, you're a disaster with a phone. Yes. But today you sound great. I'm a disaster, period. <laughs> <laughs> so anything new with the hoof, or what's the story? The hoof is still, I hit, um, I actually practiced for a couple hours today, which is nice. It's 108,000 degrees up here right now, so yeah, it's more hot it was good too. to sweat a lot. I, I enjoy that part, though. Um, but I hit a, I hit a, I probably hit, I probably made 100 swings today, maybe, 100 swings, but um, uh, it feels good. It's just a matter of the walking. I haven't walked yet because I haven't, I haven't been able to play yet, but... Tomorrow at noon when I tee off, I'll, I'll, I'll let you. Uh, by the way, so I won't be on tomorrow because I tee off at noon. You, will not, so, you won't be on tomorrow because no, you tee off? That, no, I understand so the, that. So the listeners will be pretty happy to listen to me tomorrow. Oh, here we so go. I, I, just got a, I just got a question. Why are you carrying your own luggage? Mm, it was just taking it down the steps. Okay? I was taking it down the steps in the house, or as we say in Pittsburgh, the house. The house. I was in the house, taking it downstairs. Don, Don, D-O, I don't know how you spell Don. But uh, I was taking it down the stairs, and... um. 
I caught my foot, like I said yesterday, I up, and um, just hit the meaty part of my foot, like on the outside between my the ball of my foot my, and my heel, and it just brutal. And um, uh, I had it worked on. It gets much better today than it was yesterday, so that's a good sign. Ah, the walking good. part, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I'm definitely teeing off at noon. Okay, so. and you're definitely going to tee off at noon, and you'll be good to yeah. go. All right, yeah. well, then, I'll keep an eye on it. And then Thursday, I mean, excuse me, Friday, I'll be, I play, play at 9, so I'll be able to, be able to um, bore everybody Friday also. Well, yeah, I'm just glad you're here with Doug Sprinthal and L.A. Nick, you know. Maybe you can get a Shuler right. Shoes endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> get a well, shoe endorsement. I, 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 was, I was barefoot then like I usually am, so it wouldn't have mattered. It might have helped if I had shoes on, I guess. Yeah, I probably would have, huh? Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, yeah. You like yeah, being barefoot, though. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't wear shoes a lot. I got to tell L.A. Nick something. This morning on the KQ Morning Show, I was talking to one of his best buddies in the world, Paulie Shore. Oh, I was showing on that. I was like, talk to Paulie. Paulie was, well, I talked to him, and he, he does the Paulie Shore podcast yeah. now. Yeah. And I talked to him, and I said that you and I were going to get him on as a guest on a, on a Wednesday. That'll so maybe be, next Wednesday yes, we'll get him on. That would be great. He is, he is one, he loves you, man. Well, we got a lot of history. Yeah, that's what I he mean, told me. I lived at the comedy store. I, I I uh I can the comedy store made me a drug addict <laughs> and then and then, and then but and then the comedy store got me clean. Well, so good. it's kind go. of a full, full circle. circle. Yeah, I went full circle there. Now, being Italian, did you ever kill anybody in the basement? Uh, no, but I've been in the basement. <laughs> um, I actually, you know what the tr- the truth to the, the of the me and the comedy store. So the comedy store in its history, I think it opened in 1969 or 70, and in its whole entire history to date, it's only been closed three days. Three days? Wow. Yeah, three times for one day. Once well, it has a, to clean it sometime. Once a sewer, <laughs> once when a sewer pipe broke. <laughs> that, uh, I wouldn't want to go in. The, yeah. Not, not mm-hmm. in the building, but in the street. In oh, sunset. in the street. Okay. Once again, a sewer pipe broke, or water main broke. And on sunset, so it was closed for one day, and then this year there was a murder, and it was closed for one day mm. on, outside on the sidewalk. On the sidewalk, that usually draws more people. So, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that business has only been closed for three days in that many years, which is when was it? Zeros. Uh, it was zeros in the forties. I think it closed wow. in. Uh, I think it closed in forty nine or. Oh, did it really? Uh, actually, maybe the fifties. I have. I actually have it. But uh, I've been told that one or two people have been bumped off well, in that basement. Well, wait, oh, well, after it was zeros, <laughs> people don't realize that building, more celebrities had their picture taken in that building to date than everywhere else in the world combined. Really? S- yes, really. Zeros was the hottest nightclub oh, yeah. in the world. It was, In the yeah. world. Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra, were, they were, the Rat Pack was the house gig. They were there every night, and that was, that was the place to be. But after zeros closed... Uh, it became some other bars. Uh, one was called. Uh, uh, I ha- actually have it. Let me He's just got all it. the info. No, I have a. I have a uh, picture that I keep in my phone. Well, while he's looking for it, I will tell you. Paulie Shore Rocco was on this morning. Mm-hmm. And he was he was raving about what a great guy L.A. Nick is. You must not know the same L.A. Nick that I do. <laughs> it was a different time, a different place. That's all. Oh, yeah, I was with Paulie recently. But I told him. <laughs> I also told him. I said the first time that. You, Rocco Mediate, were on with L.A. Nick. You saw his car at first, and you thought it was Alice Cooper. I thought it was Alice, yeah. <laughs> after, after it was zeros, it was called It's Boss. 
its uh, boss. Its boss, and the birds made it out of that. Out of that. Oh, really? Yeah, yes, that go. was the, the birds' debut, and they got their start there in 1964. So I was right. Wow. They, they closed in. They closed. In, I believe Zero's closed in '60. In '60. They closed yeah. in '57. Fifty-seven, but it didn't become uh, the boss until the 60. early sixties. Okay. Yeah, and then after that, it became a gangster mobster bar. No, yeah, and Hard that's when people actually got killed in there. Oh, it was but after that. That bar had a lot to do with prohibition. They had tunnels that went across to where House of Blues, well, used to be House of Blues is now knocked down. Right. But there was a tunnel that went all the way across, and uh, there's a guy that plays the piano at the comedy store between every comic he's been there for years he collects all zero memorabilia so I actually got the respect of Paulie's mother one day so Mitzi Mitzi so the store's always been closed only been closed twice at this point and Mitzi's all upset in the kitchen I'm like what's wrong she goes we're gonna have to close I'm like why she goes we have a water pipe see that water pipe coming down the wall goes into the concrete floor it's leaking into the concrete floor it's broken in the floor. They have to tear the whole floor up in the whole kitchen. So I'm looking at this pipe going down the wall. I'm like, well, why do we got to do that? Why can't we just run it up the wall, across the ceiling, and back down the other side? Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I said, I can have it done by tomorrow morning. And after that, she was like, was my she was like my best friend. Like, I was her best friend forever. <laughs> Didn't have to shut her down. She, she did never want that place closed. Oh, I ever. can understand that. So after that... Uh, we became friends, and I became friends with Paulie's mother more than Paulie at first. I used to go sit at her house, and she would lay on the floor. So she started getting health problems. She would just tell me stories all day, just of, of all the stuff that God. happened. And that lady had stories, man. Oh, I, there's like, no doubt about it. She she asked me to come look at two XKE Jaguar V12 she had, and I'm like, where's it? they were sitting there forever, and they're brand new looking. I'm like, where'd you get these? She goes, I got these from a hooker. I had to, had to leave town quick. I bought oh them from God. her for, in 1970 for $5,000. Oh my God. V12s. Yeah, they were both V12s. A hard top and a convertible. And that, actually, Polly takes me up there. And, uh, and it was me, Polly. I think Andrew Dice Clay was there. Oh, I love him. And uh, uh, Dean <laughs> Gelber, who was the GM at the comedy store for 25 oh, years. Yeah. He's the only person that it, this name is on the wall of the comedy store that's not a comic. Really? Yeah, because he ran it for so yeah. long. And uh, so Mitzi just started getting Parkinson's, and she's shaking. And, and uh, I go, why do you want to fix these cars? You can never drive again. And everybody, everybody's scared to death of Mitzi. Right. So they're like, oh, my God, like you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I got like three elbows in the ribs at the same time. She comes up, pushes me. She goes, "I love you." And uh, she just because she, I wasn't, I wasn't a comic, so I wasn't afraid of her, and I had nothing to lose or gain. I tell you, <laughs> so. I, I tell you, Paulie was raving and raving about Richard Pryor. You were, you were telling us that Richard basically raised Paulie's your. Well, you know, Paulie doesn't like talking about a lot because Paulie's dad disappeared on them. Right. Why? Paulie's mom was pregnant with Paulie. Right. And he went to be the opening act for Elvis. Never mm -hmm. came home. And never came well, back. He stayed, I think he stayed on the road with Elvis for 12 years or 13 years. Is that right? So he told Elvis, you know, for the whole run. So they never came back. And uh, so I know and if you watch the documentary that, that I'm in with Paulie about the comedy store and about that yep. whole thing, Richard Pryor was his primary caregiver. Right. And then at the end, before and then Sam Kennison became Paulie's primary caregiver. That's how actually Paulie got the name the Weasel. Yeah, the Weasel. He stole. He stole. He stole Sam's pot. 
pot. Sam goes, get over here, goddamn weasel. <laughs> because he stole his pot. That, was, that happened on the beach at Malibu, which if I remember correctly, they were all on the beach at Malibu, and, and Sam had some weed underneath the beach blanket, and Paulie stole it. Because he was a kid, he was like he was still, you know, he's fourteen or something, and he stole Sam's weed. The weasel. And, then, and Sam goes, "You little weasel, get over here!" And that's how I got the name of the weasel. What was the guy? The name of the guy who went to the building next door and jumped off the roof? Oh, it did. Right, right. Yeah. Those, so lots of people did that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, one comic like like. Oh, comic. Out. Yeah, a comic did it, and I can't remember who it was. I can't. I can't. Do you ever hear Catherine's uh, great story about Catherine and me at the comedy store? No. Oh, you got to go to the comedy store with me. Yeah, I should go to the comedy store with you. So this is 1982. I am, I'm looking for agents, whether I wanted to live in New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles. Then it was down to New York and Los Angeles. I ended up moving to New York to do voiceover. I suppose if I had gone to Los Angeles, I'd still be there, I would imagine. Oh, you would still be there. You would. I'd yeah. probably still be there. But we're out there, and we go to the comedy store. So in 1982... I mean, Catherine was 22 years old, all right? So we're sitting there, and there's a comic up on stage, and he's just railing on women, just going after women like there's no tomorrow, trying to be funny about women. Catherine goes, shut the fuck up to the guy on stage, right? Right? So I am now... You fell in love right then, didn't you? I did, you? absolutely. I had four very large men standing all around me now right after she said Oh, yeah, they kicked you out, Tommy Stir, for heaven. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. So they're standing next to me like, you aren't going to do anything. Yeah. So the guy walks off stage, and there's a little thing, and, and, and the head bouncer says, look, just tell her to calm down, and you can stay. I said, okay, I don't, don't worry, no problem. Don't worry about it. So the next guy out on stage is Jay Leno. <laughs> Oh, my God. So Jay Leno walks out on stage, and he's, he starts telling you, he goes, looks at Catherine, he goes, hey, by the way, the lady, uh, the way you tell her, shut the fuck up, where are you from? And she, and she goes, Minnesota. He goes, oh, a frozen bitch. <laughs> wow. See, now, now, oh my God. So the rule of the comedy store now is if, if you do that today, yeah. if you interact with the heckler, you have to buy the whole house a shot. That's a good move. That's yeah. a very smart idea. That's, that's the yeah, rule. Heckling's there. part of comedy, though. It isn't. It if, isn't. If you, if somebody constantly disrupts the show, well, yeah. and yeah, makes and ruins it for everyone else, yeah. it's just like golf. Do you want somebody constantly heckling you while you're shooting your shot? No. Bring so, it. Bring it to me. <laughs> I love when they. Well, you, I love you, when you they, might. You might. When they play you know the, the when they play the open in what? New York, I love that because the New York crowds just get on them. You oh, think yeah. you're in an NBA oh, game? Oh, you know. You know what? Um, Speaking of the New York crowd, this is perfect, but, but Nick, honestly, about the heck, because I understand what you're saying, but sometimes great comedians become greater when they go after the heckler for about a minute, right? Yeah, they, they I just agree. Go, it's amazing how, how, yeah. how you can belittle somebody when you're on top of the stage there. But and, uh, speaking of New York, um, this was fantastic. We're playing the U.S. Open. I believe it was, it, I know it was at Beth Page, but I think it was 02. Tiger won that one too, I think. But I'm playing with Sergio the first two rounds. And the second round, it is absolutely pouring down rain, and we're still playing. I mean, it's pouring down rain. Torrential rain, it, it was ridiculous. I was laughing because I knew we were going to finish. It's USJ. you got to finish unless, unless it's a tornado or lightning, you're finishing, right? Which is fine. Well, 
Sergio, that was back when Sergio, who is like the sweetest kid in the world still, one of my favorite people, took 17 hours to hit one shot. He had that <laughs> oh, yeah, the re-gripping. Yeah, yeah, remember he had the re-gripping? Thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Anyway, so, so he's in that middle of that, but he's trying to get out of it. But sometimes it takes a while, right? So anyway, we're on the 16th hole. I remember like it was yesterday. And the rain was just kind of subsiding a little bit, so we got three holes left. And we're both playing okay, so we're going to make the cut, and everybody's happy, right? I don't know when I hit. I think I hit first. He's up there, and he's over it. You know, he did the 12 or 13 regrips like he did every time. And the crowd's going, come on, Sergio, hit the fucking ball. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're screaming. So Sergio backs off it and gives them all, like, up by the green, around the green, the finger. Okay? <laughs> so he, he gets back, hits a shot, and I walked up. I said, Serge, that may not have been a very, very smart thing to do. <laughs> Well, what do you mean, Rocco? They were giving me stuff. I said, oh, I understand what they were doing. I said, but they will never forget what you just did. For the rest of your golfing career in New York, they're going to be on you like, and guess what? They are. They still are to this day. Oh, yeah. See, one, you know what? One, they, one, they deserved it. They deserved it. One thing about heckling it at a comedy club in the comedy store, people don't understand the comedy store is not a comedy club. No. It's a clubhouse for comics. Uh, nobody yep. gets paid at the comedy store. Nobody. Really? So, no, nobody. It's it's for comics to try out new material and test it before they go on the road or before they do a sitcom oh. or before they host the Oscars or the Emmys. It's just to test new material. So it's not a, club, a comedy club. It's a clubhouse for comics. And right. Mitzi made that a rule. The comics there run the everybody who works there is a comic. You can't work there unless you're a comic. You, like you work the door or work right. a paid job. Yep. You can't work a paid job unless you're a comic. But none of the comics get a dollar. Nothing. Zero. Not even the A-listers. They don't make a penny at the right. comedy store. And you can see an A-lister there almost six, seven nights a week, but they don't get paid. So it's it, it's kind of a special kind of comedy place. And the comedy store is a big part of my life and a big part of who I am and it taught me a lot in life and I owe a lot to the Shore family and the Comedy Store family. My cousin's a Comedy Store comic. Uh, Dean Gelber who ran it for 20 some years is yeah. probably one of my best friends in life who got me off of drugs and said hey you're too good of a person to be doing this crap and oh Comedy Store yanks at my heartstrings. I'm not going to understand that. Yeah it'll always be in my heart. Cool. People in the audience get hostile. You drunk, motherfucker? <laughs> Fuck it! Holy shit! I stopped drinking. I haven't had. I used to drink a lot. Stop. I've been seven months. That's a strange. It's a, it was really. It's really strange. Huh? Oh, you don't have to. <laughs> I know you ain't gonna believe it because you fucked up. <laughs> I, I don't. Hey. Shit. I don't believe that. No, I just thought I'd try that for a while, you know, after 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Give, give yourself a break. I'll probably die tomorrow. <laughs> He's just going after the hecklers. Uh, I'll tell you what, the comedy store has a vault. Nobody knows that there's a, there's a film room. And Mitzi recorded every performance ever in the history of comedy stuff. I didn't know And that. it's all there. And they've never released it to anyone. And you're not allowed to film in the comedy store at all. Right. Zero. Right. They will throw you out instantaneously. Right. So no cell phones, no nothing. So, but there's a film room there that's just packed all wow. the way back to 69. And I, I can't believe they haven't done something with that yet. 
God, you're absolutely right. That's a movie in itself, right? There. Absolutely. Dr. Yeah. Huber joins us. How you doing, Doctor? I'm doing great, Tom. How are you? Aren't you glad you came right in the middle of that? <laughs> We're talking about the Comedy Store. We're talking about Richard Pryor. Rocco Mediate is in Baltimore, ready to play a round of golf. And now we're going to talk about restaurants. What do you think? You ever go to restaurants, Rocco, when you're on the road? I, I haven't gone to a restaurant, no, sir. Okay. Study finds working at restaurants hurts women's mental health. Interview. I'll tell you what. We I already knew that Hooters wasn't a feminist paradise. I'll tell you one thing, Dr. Huber. I think I, you and I have talked about this before. My mother, whom I adored, she's no longer with us, but uh, when the Mall of America opened, I don't know how many years mm-hmm. ago was that now? A long time ago. 82? 82. Was it that long ago? Wow. Yeah, it's probably right. Oh, no, 92. No, I was going to say 92. 92. 92 Met Stadium was yeah. still there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's right, because they just tore it down. The Metrodome opened in 82. They fall uh-huh. in 82. So anyway, uh, my mother says, hey, Tom. My mother, by the way, sounded exactly like me, or I sound exactly like my mother. So when I okay. do an impression of my mother, I just have to use my own voice. <laughs> so, so she says, Tommy. I want you to take me over to the new Mall of America because I want to go over there. I want to see it. I heard it's unbelievable. I said, okay, Mom. So I pick her up. We drive over there. So I said, what, well, do you want to have some lunch? She goes, yeah, that's why. It would be great to have some lunch. I said, well, where do you want to go? She goes, I want to, I want to go to Hooters. I heard they have great chicken wings because <laughs> she didn't know. But it didn't bother her. The, the women were in the, the kind of tucked-up T-shirt thing and the short shorts, I guess. Is that the kind of thing you're talking You're talking about Hooters, right? That kind of place. Right. So well, Hooters was specifically mentioned in the research as well as Twin Peaks. What's Twin Peaks now? Um, it's actually, I, I believe it started here in Austin, Texas, and it's very much like Hooters, only they have uh, uh, hoagies and hamburgers and, and cheesesteak sandwiches and stuff like that. Would my mother love the food? <laughs> uh, if she likes... Bar food, yeah, she loves it. <laughs> she probably probably I think did. Twin Peaks is more like a bar. Twin Peaks is more like a, a bar than a, than, than a breath. Than Hooters. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we have a, here's a question, and, and Catherine is not here right now, but, but she wanted me to ask you this, Dr. Huber, because you talk a okay. lot about, about scantily clad uh, servers at restaurants and bars. It kind of hurts their mental health. And yet we're going through a situation now where women are getting nipple implants so people can see their nipples if their nipples aren't huge. Uh, I mean, what's the line there? Some women are exposing more flesh than ever, and others, uh, is there a line, or what is that all about? Psychologically, what's that all about? Well, I think think there's a whole lot of stuff. In fact, my wife, you know, because this has been out for a while, my wife and I had this long conversation yesterday, and she's like, she's like, you know, these girls know what the place is when they go to work there. And, mm-hmm. you know, 80% of the women who go and work in those places report being, you know, having having their backside stared at or their breasts stared at or outright people trying to reach out and touch them and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think what we get from the research study is, you know, there are people who have self-esteem issues, and if you're one of those, that's not a very healthy place for you to be at. Um, yeah, and it's... It, it, the thing is, it pays really well. These girls make huge tips. They can't make the kind of money at a regular restaurant like that. And they're, you know, the, the argument is that you know it, it objectifies women and puts a dollar value on them instead of saying, hey, you know, I, I'm a real person and I have feelings too. 
And, of course, my wife argued back. They knew the job they were getting when they went there. Right. So. Well, I, I, I would agree with your wife. A lot of women want to be objectified. They want, that's what they're looking to do. Yeah, it definitely you, depends on the person. On, have you been on Instagram? Or t- <laughs> oh. <laughs> they're too young to know better for the most part. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you know, and that, that's part of the conundrum. And, and I think what needs to happen if, if they're going to go this route is there needs to be strict rules about, you know, what, what is allowed in, in restaurants. I mean, they shouldn't allow men or women, for that matter, to reach out and, and fondle any of the wait staff, male or female. No, I, no there's but no there, question. There's a, there's oh, a, yeah, there's a, I believe there's a topless steakhouse in West Palm Beach. Yeah, there is. It's top, yeah, it's topless. It's called Rachel's. Yeah, topless okay. steakhouse. Oh, so that's what Rachel's is? That's a little yeah. bit over oh. the top for a restaurant. Yeah, that's a little much. <laughs> Isn't there one of those in Orlando? Yes. But, I, but, but you know, this goes back, I mean, in the 20s and 30s, women used to sew pearls inside their sweaters and shirts. So they nipples, right. they look like their nipples were sticking out. So, I mean, they've been doing it forever. I mean, it's nothing new. That's true. And you know, you know, you're right. And I, so, so what? What's a socially responsible thing for these restaurants to do? I think they need to maybe set up an EAP program and, and offer if they if they you know have issues to give them some for, form of therapy or whatever to help deal with those issues and maybe reevaluate what they're doing and where they're working. No, I think that's true. Rocco, you had a question. I think. No, I just I I have never in my entire life. And um, I can definitely say this is the truth. Ever gone to a restaurant caring who or what type of person or what they look like waited on me? Mm-hmm. I, I, I never, I never went to I any place going. I never ever. I mean, it, it, I mean, I'm just as long as the food's good, I don't really care. So the right. weird thing is, a lot of people do go to those restaurants because of the girls. That strikes me as odd. Yeah. Um, like a lot of times at our tournaments out here, they'll have one of those restaurants will have like a booth or or or, or something on one of the holes. I make it a point not to look because everybody else is. Right. It just it's it's like why would I want to be mixed up in something so, in my opinion, pathetic? I, I'm, yeah, I, just I call agree. me call me crazy. Yeah. Call uh, me no, crazy. I'm the same way. I'm the same exact no way. No desire. I could give a crap. What you know what? Like. I may I try not to look at people. Like yeah, that. I'm the same way. Rocco, I got to tell you the, mm-hmm. the story in Dr. Huber. Ballet, Nick, everybody mm-hmm. here. That, that it's interesting you bring that up because mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Huber, do you play any golf? You, do you watch golf? I, I do play a little golf. All right. Well, Rocco Media <laughs> cool. was the one that just asked you that question or t- made that statement. Mm-hmm. Rocco mm-hmm. was out playing in Baltimore in the, uh, the Players Championship, Seniors Player Championship uh, this week, as a matter of fact. I was mm-hmm. invited to play in a charity tournament about 15 years ago, right? And I've, okay. I'm not a strip club kind of guy. It mm-hmm. just doesn't appeal to me. And you know, never guys, been. I, I just don't care about that stuff. I'm like mm-hmm. Rocco. I, do, I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I get out right at tea time, of course. They rush me out to the golf course. I go up on the tee, and I learn when I'm on the tee that there's a stripper on every tee. Right? I didn't, I, you know, not that I would have right. stayed away had I known that, but I didn't know they were going to be there. <laughs> Is it safe to say this wasn't at Hazeltine? It was not at Hazeltine. Okay. That's very true. So I walk up in the tee, and this woman lifts up her shirt and shows me her naked breasts. And okay. I, I do a comedy show in the morning, Dr. Huber. So I said, and I just meant it to be funny, I said, ah, nice childhood. 
<laughs> she starts. <laughs> this is a true That's story. Fantastic. They, the she starts crying, and they kicked me off the golf course. Really? Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Well, I, I, I can't imagine what you'd have said when the male stripper came up. <laughs> wow. Even worse childhood. I, I don't know. But I, it, 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 I didn't mean to hurt her feelings, but it deeply hurt her feelings. And I thought, well, what well, did you think was well, going to happen? You took your shirt off. Right. You yeah. took your shirt off. I'm very uncomfortable in strip clubs. It, I don't know. Oh, it's yeah. not my scene. It probably hurt her feelings because there was a kernel of truth behind it. Well, Otherwise, why would you care? And that's yeah. my question for you, Dr. Hubert. Right. Was it, did it hit too close to home? That, that obviously did. And, and unfortunately, uh, a lot of women who are, are abused or stigmatized Ugh. that way end up in in that arena and part of it is that's part of their consciousness thinks that's the only value they have uh, and that that's the sad thing about about that industry you know it's really interesting dr huber i have a close friend who's a psychologist brilliant man no question about it and he and i were talking one time about some of the toughest parts of his job and he he said that he sees well he, his job with with the city for the longest time was if a family lost a child four or younger, he would be the psychologist that would go to the house to try to comfort okay. the family. What a fun job. And he said he had to get away yeah. from that because you can only do that for so long because it takes right. its toll. Right. So he then starts seeing young women who have been abused, right? Uh -huh. I said, well, that's a lot better. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> but he said what's interesting, and you just made this statement, Dr. Huber, when they would come in and start talking to them, they would little by little pull their skirt up along their knee. They thought because he was a man and they were a, a, a young woman that, that he would like it if, if they exposed their legs little by little. He said they right. almost all did it. Is that, do you find that to be true as well? Well, not, not specifically that specific act, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, they're, they're, you're trying, it, it's, it's a, bizarre way to try and take control of that issue that's what he that's, said they're the yep. ones who's choosing when to do the act do, to expose themselves and things like that there's a, a strange sense of control that they didn't have when they were violent yeah i see that's exactly what he said it, it, it's they felt that they had control of the room if they did that right uh, so that's a, that's fascinating because i mean you agreed with him 100 percent, and i'd even tell you what he what he thought of the whole situation I, I don't see. I don't really understand the world in that way. I, I was raised by my mother. I have four okay. brothers and two sisters. Love my mother. Love my two sisters. I have a lovely wife. We have a daughter. We have a son as well. But women in my life, I get along with women much better than I get along with men. And and I think the reason for that is is because I, I'm a bigger guy, and guys always have to. I, you know, it's that old. You know. The penis con, who the big penis contest thing. You know, it's just kind of odd. We're not going to do that again, are we? Well, <laughs> yeah, but, but I think part of it. I, I, I tend to get along with women better, but I think it's just because women are generally smarter than most of us guys. <laughs> well, that's probably true too. That's probably true. What does, is what kind of household is it? I mean, I don't spend a whole lot of time at Hooters. It's not. I their food is just not that great, in, in my opinion. So. I, you know, I, I I love beautiful women. That's not it. I I just that whole sexual element thing, entering into having lunch. I don't get that. Yeah, right. right, Rocco. Well, you, know, you, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I never under I never understood that guys will go there. I've never I've never uh, frequented a, a a strip club ever in my entire life. And yeah, I, I certainly right. don't plan on ever doing it. because yeah. I never understood the point. I don't get it either. W- what is the point? I just don't understand it. I I, I never figured it out. Um, obviously, there's a lot of points because it's a billion, zillion, billion dollar industry. So I, I have no idea. But I, I could never figure that one out. But it is sad, though. See, it's it's sad it what, what happens to the girls because what we need to do is get a task force to go after their parents who abuse them. Yeah, well, there is that. That's what I would do. Actually, I, I just talked to somebody. What the here. I just talked to somebody in the adult entertainment industry, and they told me that the 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 what they call the talent is now seven years ago the average age was 24 to 28. Mm-hmm. Now the average Gotta age be younger. 18. Oh, yeah, the average up. age. 18. Oh my yeah. God! Yeah, that's really depressing. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I have a, a friend, acquaintance, whatever. She's been on my my radio blog, Hiapatia Lee, and she was a, a porn star from the yeah, 80s. I know who she is. And she talked to me about you know the abuse she suffered as a child, and then when she was of age and she got married, one of her you know that's that's how she tried to overcome this and and she wrote her own films and and produced them her and her husband so she had a lot of control over that but she said that's not the way it is today nope and definitely not you know dr huber i I just i've talked about this to many people i I don't think i may have mentioned it uh on one of the radio shows i do i'm not sure but the reason for me why i've never been a you know hooker guy stripper guy you know whatever when I was a little kid, we uh, we were very very poor. Lived in a a very rough neighborhood, very poor neighborhood, and I'd be sitting out in the morning, you know, let's say six o'clock in the morning. I'd just go out and sit on the front stoop because that's what we did. The neighbors go sit on the stoop, right. right? And I would see the hookers all coming home, and every one of them, their mascara was running because they had been crying. And it just, yeah. it, to this day, I can picture that in my brain, and I could just never think about being a stripper guy right. or a hooker guy. I, it, uh, it makes me too sad. It's very devastating. You know, I mean, think think about your whole self-worth is based on, you know, your physical attributes yeah. and, and skill, and then you have to sell that in order to feed your family. You know, yeah. that, that that is definitely, I mean, I can see how it can cause serious psychological issues. But I think in a lot of these individuals we're talking about, it was there already, and that situation just exacerbates it. You know, you really cheered me up today. Thanks a lot, Dr. Huber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, go back to, to that male guy on the golf course, and let's talk about that. No, yeah, well, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty much the deal. Uh, I, I, I think it's a fascinating subject. I have, as I said, I have a daughter. But, I, you know, I get really nuts about that stuff. And, you know, Rocco, you and I have talked about that. If anybody mm-hmm. tries to harm somebody who can't fight back, that would be, you know, women or children, mm-hmm. I get insane about that. But yeah. As, yeah. as you heard on my show, though, a lot of women are fighting women. <laughs> yeah, a lot of women are fighting women. <laughs> if you listen to my podcast, Minneapolis901.com, it's a lot of women are fighting women on the street. That's true. Especially so, in front of the right. old library. Yeah. Right. And and I I have children too. Yeah, and my daughter she's twelve, and she's almost she's almost got her black belt. She's been working up for that. <laughs> I love nice. that. And the rule is she can't date until she gets her black belt. So. I love that. Uh, very quick story because we got to we got to go in a second here. But uh, 
the the godfather of both our son Andy, who's here today, and our daughter Alexandra. Their godfather is six six and weighs about three fifty. Whoa! And we didn't allow uh, Alex to date until she was uh, what sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years old. There was none uh-huh. of this da- dating thing. It was very nebulous. What do you mean nebulous? Like I don't know. What do you? What would you even consider well, I, like her first boyfriend? Because well, she knew right. a lot. Of, she like dated some guys, but they were also just like. That's you know. after she was sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. But in any case, so so she finally gets a her like her first boyfriend. And so it's time to meet the godfather of Andy and Alex. <laughs> yeah. And he's sitting there, and he's already terrified of me anyway. And now here comes <laughs> Mr. 66350, and he's got a voice kind of like this anyway. Wow. And he goes, Kyle, how are you? Nice to meet you. Do you know that I'm Alex's godfather? And he goes, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir, I know that. And he goes, so here's the deal. Whatever you do to her, I'm going to do to you. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. One of the best lines ever. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, yeah, I go to prison a lot with some of my forensic work. And so I told my daughter, I said, look, you know, you can just remind your first boyfriend that I'm not afraid to go back to prison. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've been there. What do you care? And well, you remember like, the scene. You've never been, and my wife goes, "Yes, he has." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys remember the scene in Bad Boys when Martin Lawrence and Will Smith and Martin Lawrence's daughter and Bad Boys was going out with one of the guy, one, uh, oh, yes. one of her boyfriend and Will Smith came to the door. That's the greatest uh-huh. scene of all it time is. to protect your daughter. <laughs> yep, Doctor Hume. Oh you, my God! <laughs> do you call into many shows where the men are are? as fond of women as this show seems to be i, I mean there there were things that came out of guys during this past 20 minutes there's a lot of respect for women in this room and and oh, yeah. do you run into that a lot i you know i do good, i really good. do it's glad to hear that. um it, it's 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 actually pleasantly surprising yeah because uh, i mean we we know what the history is of of this industry so you know just the perception and it's not it's not all misogynistic like they want you to believe i, I Good. i'm glad to see that so we have to have you back on cuz cuz Catherine and Alex are on this podcast but we have to have you back on when they're here cuz i'd love to hear you talk to Catherine and Alex about this so if we could, we could <laughs> okay. bring you back i'd love to do that dr huber thank you for your time today Thank you so much, and uh, man, you got a great show. Keep going. Thank you very much, sir. Dr. Huber, Thank you. psychologist talking about restaurants and, and other issues. Did you, you ever know, hear what Chris Rock said about being a father of a daughter? Yeah. The only keep job, my baby off the pole. Yep, keep her off the pole. Keep her off the pole. Keep my baby off the pole. But it's, right. it's kind of nice, you know, we're sitting here, six men. There are no women on the show. And the seventh man, Dr. Huber, joins us. And nobody's trying to impress anybody else. It's just how we feel. No. It's like, why yeah. do you want to take... I just have never understood well, I don't know that. who said it, but somebody said, yeah, why do guys even go to Hooters? And it is like an Onion article. 59-year-old guy from the suburbs gets lucky with a Hooters waitress. <laughs> right. This never right. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's true. It, it doesn't make... I don't, I don't... I never understood it, and I'm never going to try to understand it. No. I really don't care. Is Hooters still have their casino in Vegas? Yes. They it still reopened. Still it, there? It, it was shut down for a while, but it opened again. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't well, get that whole thing. <laughs> a lot of titty bars down here. Titty bars prove how stupid guys really are. Look at the clever marketing scheme they used to get us in there. Live girls. 
Nick DePaul. That's all it takes is the word live. It's the same thing a bait shop uses. <laughs> I hate those dead strippers. They got no rhythm at all. <laughs> Nick DePaul is one of my favorite comedians uh, on earth. Me too. He's... You know, one of these days, when he, when he comes back through town, he was just here a few months ago, but honest to God, Rock, you, you ever met Nick DiPaolo? Yeah, Bell? I think I have. Rocco, yeah. you got to meet Nick DiPaolo. He is the funniest living human. <laughs> God, is he funny. Nice Italian boy from New York. Uh-huh. You know, well, actually, he's originally from Boston. Yeah, he's an East Coast comic, though. Yeah, ri- oh, absolutely. Yeah. Originally from Boston. He lives in New York now, but... All right. Well, do you so you we won't talk to you tomorrow. You're teeing off at noon tomorrow. We'll keep an eye on you. I, I better be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, well, there you go. I better. Well, it's, it's mm-hmm. terrific. I, I, you know, see you find out things about one another today. Yep. I, I wouldn't have guessed you would have been much of a titty bar kind of guy anyway. Right, not at all. No. And I, my favorite line of all time, Dennis Miller, was talking about uh, what was Pittsburgh boy. Yep, that's right, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking about. Uh, What's the guy who shot Lee Harvey Oswald? The hell, Jack, uh, Ruby? Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby. He's talking about the Jack Ruby <laughs> situation. He goes, what kind of security they got at that police station? Hey, Sarge, <laughs> I'm down here at uh, the back door, and the guy who owns the titty bar is here, and he's got a gun. Should I let him in? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rocco, we'll talk to you on okay. Friday. Yeah, yes, you guys will. Nice talking to you, as always. See Great you, Rocco. Good luck. See you, boys. Rocco Mediate playing in the Senior Players Championship in Baltimore. Hopefully that, that foot will uh, feel better tomorrow when he tees off. Any closing words, gentlemen? All good. <laughs> All right. Silent. Three hours of talking, I have said what no, I have to actually say. It's eight. What? It's eight. No. I've been doing it for eight hours. I'll, I don't I'll, know how you well, I'll plug my show. Just check out my show, Minneapolis901.com. We're on the Tom Bernard Network. Please do that. You'd and, love uh, it. You can find us on Tom Bernard's network, or you can go to Minneapolis91.com. You would love it. There's no question about it. Go to uh, iTunes, if you would. Check out Apple Podcasts and rate the show. Thank you very much for your help there, because it does help the show. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show. What's the big rush? It's Black Friday in July at Macy's. Wait, isn't Black Friday in... Right, but right now, prices are so low, it's like Black Friday. In July. Exactly. And we get an extra 25 or 15% off with our Macy's card or savings pass. Gotta tell you, these specials are incredible. And we get free shipping online. With any $49 purchase. Okay, what's wrong? Um, should we have had a big turkey dinner yesterday? It's Black Friday in July, now at Macy's. Exclusions apply, savings off sale prices.